0: Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Coach D. He's currently the head football coach at Orlando Christian Prep High School in Orlando, Florida. He's been married for 15 years. They have three kids, a son, twin girls. But more than that, just an incredible young man of God. Loves the Lord. Loves Using the platform of athletics and coaching to share the light of Jesus. So, without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach D. How you doing? How you doing? Thanks for having me. You bet. So, I like to start these off with some background information. So, if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, and a little bit about your family today. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, I was born and raised in New York, Spring Valley,
1: New York. Um, moved down here when I was 13. Due to the fact that my mom had asthma and the cold weather was really, really bad, so we moved down here um, while I was in middle school. I had an opportunity to, to, uh, to, uh, to come down and, and love Florida. Um, I consider myself not a northerner, but a southern boy. I've been down <laughs> here for so long. And uh, went to uh, Cybers Creek High School, played ball there. I had an opportunity to further my education. I went to a two-year college camp military school and from there, I uh, earned a scholarship to go play football at Utah State, uh, where my head coach was John L. Smith, and my offense coordinator was Bob Petrino, Sr. Oh, wow. Yes, sir, and uh, played for them, had a really good career, and uh, so, uh, so that's pretty much my background. That's pretty much my background.
0: What about uh, your, uh, do you have any siblings? I do, I do. I have an
1: older brother, and uh and three sisters, so it's was a total five of us wow, big family, I love it, love the it. it was kind of chaotic growing up, and you know how it is, oh um, yeah, but uh God's really blessed us, man. We grew up in a uh there seven of us in a two bedroom house wow two bedroom apartment so it was it was really you know back when you're young you don't you don't think you don't think nothing of it, you just eat sleep, and you know that dad's mom is providing so so it's kind of a so when you look back at it, man, I was like, man, I appreciate my parents for really doing what they did. So. That's
0: right, the sacrifice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. So did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you make that decision to, make, uh, to have a personal relationship with Jesus? You know, one thing about us is um, I come from a
1: long line of pastors on my dad's side. So my uncle has a, has a church uh still has it and it's actually grown. Um so I grew up in the church. Um I got saved at eight and I've just been I just the only thing I know is just on Sundays. You know, true story. I was playing Pop Warner football and the reason why I couldn't play is because the games were on Sundays. That's right. So my mom said you can't play you can't play football because <laughs> you gotta go to church. So Your mom My mom <laughs> So, uh, so absolutely faith was really, really big in my house. And, uh, you know, parents, mom and dad always preach faith and always preach about the Lord. And, um, so I've just been pretty fortunate.
0: That's awesome. And we'll get back to your faith here in a moment. I'm we'll to talk some sports for this year, uh, um, obviously coaching football now. So at what point did you decide you wanted to pursue coaching as a career? Okay. So talk about your coaching journey for yeah. a minute. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy
1: Um, after I left after I left um, Utah State I graduated didn't know what to do my brother owned an insurance agency Mm -hmm. and uh, went up to Peoria, Illinois lived there for two years let me tell you sitting behind a desk and doing all that stuff just not me just not me so moved left there and uh, moved to uh, Orlando back to Orlando back to my parents' house And I started selling real estate, doing timeshare here. It's pretty big in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't last really long. So, went to my head coach, Coach David Langdon. Um, I said, man, I don't know what to do, he says. You need to teach and coach help me coach football. I says, teach and coach football? I'm like, Mm. I don't know how that sounds. Well, lo and behold, two days before before school started, brought me to the principal. Principal said, you have a job. And here it is, two days before school start. I had to prepare, had no idea what to do, and I've been in this profession 17 years. Wow. So that's how my career started.
0: <laughs> and we're sitting here in your office at Orlando Christian Prep. Um, so talk about the journey. Where all of you coached leading up to here?
1: Um, I coached at Dr. Phillips High School, big powerhouse program here, left there. I was at Bay High School under Jim Scroggins, and... Um, then I left, I left Bay High School, was there two years. Left there and was at TFA, the first academy. After the first academy, ended up at uh, Evans High School for a year. Left Evans High School, went to Pine Castle. And Pine Castle is where I really transitioned. I was a defensive back coach. Mm-hmm. And I was at Pine Castle, I was with David Landon. David Landon finally gave me an opportunity to um, DC. Uh, was it went from defensive back coach to a defensive coordinator, and uh, that was pretty interesting. Left there, uh, went back to Dr. Phillips, I was a, I was the uh, the secondary coach. That sit- whole situation kind of collapsed, and I was a secondary coach. We had a big run, uh, went to the state championship and got beat by Miami Central, and I left there. And uh, my, I went back to my alma mater. I went to my alma mater, where I was DC there for two years. And uh, in 2013, the Lord brought me here, and I'm at Orlando Christian Prep. And that's kind of like that's kind of like my
0: my uh, my coaching uh, journey. Yeah, my coaching and you've journey. experienced some success of late here. And you know, before we started recording, you were telling me about your. Your first year here, you had 13 guys yes, on the sir. team, and now coming off of uh, recently winning a state championship, so talk about the success here and um, building a program from 13 guys to winning state. Yeah. Uh,
1: when I first took the job, first practice, we had eight boys, wow. and I didn't know what to do. I was thinking, like, God, how can you call me to a to a to a school and I mean, with eight boys? Very, very discouraging. But you know. Uh, Bible says, much is given much is required. So I just really had to I hit the hallways, got some boys on board, and then uh we kind of built this thing. Uh that that spring my first uh game we ended up losing 14-13. Four, and uh we just grind, grind, grind. Um I've been here 7 years and 2017 was one of the hardest years here because um we had a really good football team coming in the summer. I probably have five division one football players on that team. And um, during that time, uh, that whole summer, and we getting these boys prepped up, we had a really good spring. I'm talking about scouts coming over and you got big time athletes. So me, having experienced that from the head coaching standpoint, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, you get to meet these coaches and mm-hmm. get to know what you're doing. And uh, nine boys leave the school. Whew. Nine boys. So I'm having to start from scratch. You talk about depression. I was depressed. So much so, that year, I didn't step in the... F- I did not go in the weight room. I'm probably embarrassed. I'm here in the football coast and then you know this. I am um, did not step in the weight room. I was so depressed for a month. Never stepped. The boys will work out in the morning and when they come out... I'll meet them out there and we do conditioning and stuff. But never could. I was so depressed because how can these boys do this to me? You're investing in the lives of these young men. Mm -hmm. Those same boys made a pack. Them same boys made a pack. They were all sophomores that year. They made a pack. And then they grind. The the 2017-18 year, uh, we lost three games by a total of, I think, three points. Wow. And I thought we were really, really close. So every year we have a saying. Every year we our base scripture is uh Proverbs twenty two one. A good name is to be more designed than great riches favored better than silver gold, Proverbs twenty two one. That is our base scripture. Every kid has to know that. If you're gonna play football Or in the Christian prep you have got to know that. Because we believe being not you're not only a football player, we're trying to build men of faith, men of character, men of integrity, you know. Uh you're gonna grow up, you're gonna potentially gonna get married, you're gonna have some kids. How are, how you wanna be respected? A good name is to be more desired. When you leave this school, how do you want them, how do you want the teachers and administration to think of you mm. as? So we always preach that. And that year, that that's our base scripture. Our motto always comes from a Bible verse that the Lord gives me. I pray about it, I pray about it. Mm-hmm. Sometime it comes to me in June, sometime it comes to me in March. But that year was, um, was Galatians 6-9. Galatians 6-9, let us not be wearing well-doing for in the right time you shall reap a harvest if you do not give up. And uh, I felt we were close and I said, you know what? We're gonna carry that that scripture to next year. Mm. And that 2018 year, uh, that little bunch that stayed with me, we developed five Mm. division one football players. Remember I lost five. God gave me five. That was in that mix. And yeah, 2018 year was a special year, man. Uh, I just watched God just move in more ways than one. Uh, First game we lost to a really good football team and then uh, Superior Collegiate. We just never had, we didn't have a chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, We lost uh, our third week. We lost to the first academy up the road uh, we lost to them twenty to fifteen Last, uh we just couldn't convert a fourth and one, and those boys made a pack um in the van that and our seniors said we would not lose another football game from here on out wow and we and we just just rolled uh and then um we just we just uh just just our team gotten better True story. The same year, 2018. I'm sitting right where you are with me. And, um, and I'm, a man of, I'm a man of prayer. I spend... You want to build a football team? You better build a football team on your knees. Mm. Writing
0: that one down. Yeah.
1: If you want to build a football team, you want to build a football team on your knees. And let God do it. Wow. And, uh, and God told me true story we had a campus pastor and, uh, and I'm sitting here I'm praying and meditating which I always do and uh, God showed me Jericho he said you need to walk on your field like Jericho did I said huh you need to walk on your field like Jericho did and I told my campus pastor he was walking by and I said well God how am I supposed to do this that's how I'm, I'm having a conversation how am I supposed to do this Cause if you walk the length of the field, it'll take you. Cause you gotta walk seven times. And it'll take you like, take you a couple minutes before a football game. So my campus pastor walked by. I said, Hey, come on in. So he comes in, sat right where you were. It's a true story. Sat right where you were. And I said, Man, you got a good word every every uh, Friday before game. He gives a devotional. I said, uh, Pastor Mike, uh, you got you, you you got a good word for us. He said, yeah, I got a good word for you, Co." I said, man, what you, what you, what you going to do? Tell me, tell me, what you, what, what you going to tell the boys? He says, "Co, I'm thinking about talking about Jericho. I said, what? I said, the Lord told me to walk around the field like the battle of Jericho. Wow. And he said, and he said to me, well, he told me how to do it. Remember, I didn't know. It. He said, walk from the 40 to the 40 and do it that way. From the 40 to the 40, do it that way. And uh, the regional final game, and this is, this is, they were loaded. And we had some players, but this team is traditionally loaded. And we walked around that field, got off the bus. We walked from 40 to 40. And my, I, had a real, I had a really good assistant coach, Coach O'Neill. Um, he said, Coach, the Lord told me to stand by you and just pray. And coach, I told my boys, I had one of my assistant coaches who's a pastor on the football team. I said, he's uh I said, man, kind of taught them about what Jericho is. So he explained the whole thing of Jericho. We walked that field seven times. The Eight. whole team? The whole team. Wow. Listen, players were crying. They were they didn't know what was going on. I'm sitting there crying. And goosebumps all over the place. You can feel the electricity. And the opposing coach is sitting on the bench with his legs crossed and he's thinking, this team must be crazy. But you know what? Our faith is not in man. Our faith is is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. And we walked around that field and we got together. I said, buddy, I said, look, all is well. They looked and I said, all is well. We We had close to 600 total offense that game. Wow. And we just it's it's, it's, a, it's a miracle. And we, and we rolled and won that state championship. Fast prior to that before the season started that same year before the season started coach um, 15 of our football players and a football coach got baptized on the 50 yard line on the football field. Wow. 15. Wow. And that year, we won every seven on seven tournament. Everything that we did, the Lord favored us and we won everything, every, every scrimmage. I mean, uh, it was just a phenomenal year. Not only did we win, our middle school football team won their first championship that year. So yeah, middle school boys getting baptized, and you had some high school boys getting baptized and a football coach right here on the football field. Wow. And then God favored us that whole year. Middle school won, and we won, and it was just a God moment. Like
0: like you couldn't write a better script. Well, you said before we were recording you are going to write a book. <laughs> that sounds like a book to me. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about what if uh, coaches across America in their pregame – did that 40. You know, you, you're talking about changing a culture. Huh. you talking about changing kids' Absolutely. lives. Absolutely. You know, wow. Absolutely. God, God, God just... That, that's incredible. So how do you take that success that you've had and you... How do you remain humble? You know, I tell my coaches all the time,
1: it's... It's not about it's not about me," I said. "It's not about it's. It's about him," I said. "I said, look, guys, I'm just a the vehicle. Mm. They'll tell you all that. I said, I tell them all that. Look, I'm just a vehicle, man. See, I just listen to God, and God tells me what to do, and I lead this football team. I said, I am just a vehicle. That's all I am, and we're gonna do it God's way. Mm.
0: That's
1: that's that's how you remain humble. When you don't put it about you, you know." I've met a hundred of coaches in this profession. You know why they get in the business? Because they like the title head coach. Right. Right. Identity. Identity. Well, me, I'll be a great assistant coach, and I'll be faithful, I come to work on time, and I I don't mind helping somebody, but God just allowed me to be the head coach, and I'm okay with that. But I I don't get so caught up in the title of being a head coach you know mm-hmm. i get caught up in how do you help this kid what's what's your sole purpose mm. in being a head football coach what are you trying to do a kid comes over here and says you know coach um i'm a dope dealer how you going how, how you going to reach that boy i watched my mom get abused how you going to reach that boy mm. if it's all about you so that's 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 where that's why you coach. That's why I coach, is to reach those boys that's on that football field, man. It's, big, it's, it's bigger than wins and losses, man. That's right. It's, it's bigger than wins and losses, man. you got to reach the heart of the kids, and we do it through the vehicle of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do football, but we use, really, we use the Lord Jesus Christ to do it, man.
0: And how do you, how do you balance that? I mean, you have um, three kids of your own married for 15 years. You have three kids of your own. And so when you're pouring into all these young men here, but how do you balance that with home, being a husband and a dad? I mean, because being a head football coach is demanding. Very. So how do you how do you balance that and keeping your family together? I'm going to be honest.
1: The first few years, this thing consumed me. I, I was I almost – my wife gave me an ultimatum. Either it's going to be – we had Joshua, my oldest boy, and uh, it was hard because I was always, I was at home, I was coaching, I'm coming home late, and then um, and then when we had the twins, she said, you can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to figure it out. And I said, well, babe, I'm called to do this. Like, like when God's put a calling over your life, man, it's not, you know, people think a call just lasts two, three days. No, a call's a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You take that thing personally. That's right. So I told her, um, well, let's figure it out. It just so happened that my mother-in-law, uh, right? My mother-in-law was caring for an elderly woman. She had passed away and she was able to help out with the kids. And that's why I'm able to be in this business. But it, 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 it's very demanding. You know, you got to have an understanding wife. And a, a, a coach told me this. You better learn. You better learn how to stop buy Publix or a florist shop and pick up some flowers on your way home sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not good, good advice, huh? I, need, I, need to, I need to heed that advice a little more, too. <laughs> so, uh, so you know,
1: it's a give and take, you know, but uh, she knows. I think being this thing 17 years, she knows there's a calling. Um, and uh, she knows my heart for these boys. Um, you know, Monday through Friday, my kids are at the game. We're excited. On the weekends, I try to spend some time with them. And uh, that's how you balance it out. Got to have an understanding wife going into this business. That's right. If yeah. you don't, you'll be, <laughs> you won't be in this thing you'll too long. You'll in a lot long. of trouble, Absolutely. right? You read a
0: lot about that. Yes. Um, about in the coaching profession, about um, marriages that don't make it because of that. Yes. You know, because football becomes the identity. Yes. You get so consumed with wins and losses that you forget family. So that's always a fun question because um, I, I learn a lot as a husband and a dad myself asking that question to a lot of the guests because I don't, I'm far from a perfect husband or dad. So I, I love to ask that question sometimes just for me. Right. And hopefully a listener gets encouraged too. <laughs> but, uh, that's one that I, I learn from a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So there's been a lot of talk in the media in the last few months about football coaches in particular, the, the need to use profanity. I think a lot of it came from on Twitter three or four months ago, the new season of uh, Last Chance You came out. I think one of the coaches was, was quoted as that and then, right. you know, went viral on social media because Tony Dungy came out, was one that came out and said, that is so far from the truth. Because So far from the truth. You no, know, you don't have to. So, But as a coach and as a believer, how do you, how do you balance that? Because there is that demand for winning. Um, and, you know, you're trying to get your point across to players. So how do you um, balance coaching slash correcting with de- degrading? That's a, great, that's a great question. You know, um,
1: I've been fortunate to work under a godly man hmm. by the name of James Croggins. And he's my mentor. He's my spiritual dad. And I love him dearly. And um, one thing I've learned from them, from him, him, is that you don't have to cuss at the kids to get their attention. If you love them, if you love those kids, you can discipline them. And love don't take you calling them the F word or all that other stuff. We don't cuss at the kids here at this school because we're a Christian school. Now, we coach extremely hard, we coach them hard. Mm-hmm. But it don't take it don't take you belittle them kids, to cussing them out to get them to do what they want to do. If the kids know that you genuinely love them, they'll run through a brick wall for you. That's right. So uh, I I just never reach those kids that way. I've never been a cusser. I, I just I just I just use the dad gum. You know, <laughs> Bobby Bowden. <laughs> I use the dad gum a lot. The family made that famous. <laughs> yes, sir. Like, they get yes, made fun. Of. actually, yeah.
0: I remember uh, a lot of people used to make fun of the Bowdens, um, all the Bowden guys in coaching, because it was right, dad gum, dad gum, dad gum. That's what. Know? That's where I got it from.
1: Yeah, I, 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 uh, that's funny. I to, yeah, so I use dad gum to crap, crap, son. What are you doing? But I mean, that's the extent of it. I don't think you really need to cuss those guys out. I mean, we've we've been God's graced us and favor us to win a championship a championship without cussing the kid out so if we can do it amen. every coach can do it that's right if that,
0: if that, if that, there's if, a difference to me it, in coaching and tearing somebody down but right. I mean and the thing good.
1: is this if you want to model the Lord Jesus Christ amen you know and you sitting around going F word how good of example are you that's right kids won't be able to The kids can't trust you and come talk to you about that's right. about the Lord so those are the things that, that I, go in, I go with, and I think to myself, you know, what kind of example do I want to be to those kids? And I just want to hold my faith and, and, uh, and be a really good model uh, without having to use those bad and profanity. None of my coaches do it, and we've still been able to be successful with that. I it.
0: agree. I agree. I think, yeah. I think you hit on to something. I mean, kids need to know that, that you love them because then when you do coach them hard, they're going to respond. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, let me ask you a question about the role of sports in culture, because it's no secret that culture is divided, I'm not getting into politics, but it is very divided, whether it's religion, politics, race, socioeconomics, whatever it is, but sports has a very unique way of tearing down those walls. Um, One of the few things ways, I think, in culture to, to bring people together is through sports. So how Absolutely. have you seen, in your experience in sports, where it's kind of, it tears down those walls and people don't see those dividing walls? Um,
1: it's a great question. You know, uh, like take our school, for example, you know, we're a school of multiple race, you know, culture's different. People come from different household affluent. The folks in the hood, you mm-hmm. know, just, it is what it is. And, uh, and it remind me of college. You go to a college campus and I'm coming up from Florida. One of my best friends lives in, lives in Tennessee currently. Another kid lives in California. Another kid from Idaho. Another kid from Louisiana. And then we use the sport to bring those kids together. That's a beautiful thing. And in my opinion, without sports, how divided, how divided would this world really be? That's right. And just to have the sports as the vehicle to get those... It's a, the great melting pot. That's right. The great melting pot. I think sports is just... Just an unbelievable vehicle to be able to identify with so much culture, so much, so much people, and just get to understand who they are and what they are uh, as people, and also to, to establish really good relationships. I, 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 I just... I just love the game, and, and for that reason.
0: Yeah, because those relationships are built because you're working together for a, a common goal, and you're, and you're not looking at those dividing Correct. factors. You're kind of blinded to that because you have a common right. goal. And I, I say this a lot. You know, I'm sure there's some listeners that they listen to. Many of the podcasts probably get tired of me saying this, but to me, that is a beautiful picture of how Christ designed the church. Absolutely. Right. Our main mission is to love God and love others, not to get caught up in all these things that, mm. that even divide the church. We have one common goal. But unfortunately, even inside the church, we can't get along. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we would remain focused like a football team on that common goal, right. we would have less division even inside the church.
1: You that's know, when I coach, I have blinders blind on. That's right. I, 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 Honestly, I don't like crap. Monday through Thursday, we devise a plan. Mm -hmm. And Friday, we execute that plan. And I don't care if you're from China, Louisiana, Idaho. It doesn't matter. You white, brown, black, orange. It doesn't matter. We're going to put this plan together. We're going to put the best 11 on that football field. It don't matter what you are. Let's go to work. That's right. And that's the beautiful thing. Absolutely, that's that's a beautiful thing.
0: So, the next question is kind of to ask you for some advice or encouragement. A lot of our listeners are student athletes and coaches, and not all are in a position like you, coaching at a Christian school, where you know, obviously, free to talk about your faith. And and sports is is in our culture is a platform can be used for good. Or for bad. But how would you encourage that student athlete or a coach that understands the platform but wants to use it to be more bold for Christ? You know, um, I tell a coach, understand the calling. Mm -hmm.
1: Understand the true purpose of why Christ, um, I've called you to, being a coach or a head football coach because it's not easy it's not easy because God has placed a demand on your life you know like I said too much is given much is required if he's given you the platform of being a head coach uh, you've, you've, you've got you've got to really know and understand what to call calling because the weight's heavy mm. and it's lonely and the I like de- that and the decisions you make is uh, it's tough decisions and I would tell them that uh Prayer is key. Prayer is key. If you want to be a real good football coach and you want to and you want to use your platform to be able to reach so many, you better be a man of
0: prayer. Mm. It goes back to what you said earlier. If you want to build a football team, you, you build, build it, on it on your knees. knees. Yeah. I like that, which helps you understand that calling and remember your purpose, I, right? Absolutely and um, and
1: if you understand that and put God before anything else and you seek God my favorite scripture is this everybody's got a favorite scripture me, Matthew 6 33 seek ye first the kingdom of Christ and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you what's great about that it says seek ye first the kingdom of God not seek the game plan Not first. Not seek the game plan first. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. Before, here's a nugget for you new coaches that are being in the game. How do you prepare for a football game? All right? You know what I do first? I pray over the football game. I pray over my game plan. God, here I am. And I, I don't know how to coach football, but you do. Mm. I don't know what the game plan is going to be like on Friday but you do. I don't even know how my kid's gonna react, but you do. I pray in the name of Jesus that you give me the wisdom to be able to put a solid game plan so we can be successful on Friday night. Do that for us. Show me what I need to do. Get in the game plan from the beginning to the end. Give me a strategy as I sit in front of this computer. The details that I miss, show me them, Lord. Speak to me. I can't do it without you. Mm. I come humbly before you, God. If you see fit that this is a great game plan that we win the game, it's not. If not, we're still going to give you the honor, glory, and praise from the beginning of this thing to the end. In Jesus' name.
0: Whew, that's good. goes back to understanding your calling. Understanding your calling. I like that. You already went to my next question. was about favorite verse. I love that. Matthew 6.33 is a good one. Yes, sir. Whether you're in coaching or not, if we just every day if we seek God first. If you seek God first. Yep, yeah, that's, that's a good one. So last question, um, and we're recording this. I know people listening, it's, um, it's after the fact, but we're recording this on the day of the National Championship game. So I can't help but think of Clemson. And on the chin strap, you see all in. Um, we know what it means. It's all over sports. Basketball, baseball, no matter the sport, you hear that, those two words, all in. But it's also all over, especially in the Gospels, where Jesus is telling us if we're going to be a follower, we have to deny ourselves and be all in for Him. Yes. So I'm, I want to ask you, though, Coach D, on a practical sense, what does that look like on a daily basis for you to be all in for Christ? You know, when I think about all in, I think about this.
1: You say yes to Christ and no to everything else.
0: Mm.
1: If you want to be all in, you say yes to Christ and no to everything else. That's all in. It's totally giving up of yourself for something greater than you. Whew. You want to be all in, just be all in, brother.
0: You can't be on a fence. Be all in. I like that. Something I wrote down total surrender for something greater. Yes. I like that because that's something I think we all struggle with, right? All right? I wake up most days and in my mind I have a list of things I'm going to do today. You know, there's days I'll admit, in all transparency, I don't pray over those things because I have my plan for the day. Right. And many times that list does not go the way I've worked it in my mind because. It's not total surrender for something greater because I'm focused on my plan right you know because hey I'm a, I'm a guy right I've got it all figured out absolutely right we you know? all do yeah <laughs> it's you know but I like that that's good because it's just a constant reminder for me too that every day every breath I take is total surrender, total surrender. not when things are going good absolutely. or I'm in a jam and I need something right you know that's good I it's, like that and, yeah. and kind of kind of a side note I'm rooting for Clemson tonight. Ah,
1: <laughs> me too. Just because of Dabo. That's right. And who he is and yeah. what he stands
0: for. Yeah, I won't be mad with either one, but yeah, I I agree with you on that. <laughs> hey, I appreciate your time. I know it's a lot going on in the here sitting in your office, um, but I do appreciate your time and your encouragement to me personally. And I know those listening. I appreciate appreciate you having me, man. You Thank bet. you very much. God bless. You bet. Well, what an incredible honor and privilege to sit down with Coach D in person and, and have this conversation and share with you um, just a glimpse of who he is and his story and his heart um, for Jesus and, and heart for others. Um, as I look over my notes from the conversation, there's just so much um, from it, but just just he he encouraged us all. He was specifically speaking to coaches, but I think it applies to everybody. He's understanding your purpose and your, and your calling and that prayer is the key to everything. He even said, if you want to build a football team, you build it on your knees. And I think that's true for everything, whether it's a marriage or parenting or any career that you're in. To build it, it starts on our knees. And prayer is the key that we pray over everything that we do, every step that we take and he he said we say yes to Christ and no to everything else, it's meaning there's a total surrender to something greater than our own plans It's we, we want what Jesus wants for us not our own desires so thank you again to Coach D for sitting down and uh, opening up his office to, to share his story and to encourage me and, and hopefully encourage you as, as you listen. I would encourage you also to share this episode with somebody. I know there's somebody in your life, a family member or a friend that needs to be encouraged, so share it with them today. I would also ask you, if you're listening today and you're not a subscriber, whatever podcast platform that you listen through, that you would just click the subscribe button. This was episode number 119, which there's over 100 previous episodes I know will encourage you, and there's some greater ones coming ahead. I'm so excited what God is doing through this podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear for some, from some more coaches and athletes in the days and weeks ahead. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Lastly, we love to hear from you, so please visit us on our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in All In Sports Outreach or go to our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out who we are, a little bit about... Uh, why we do what we do, and, and understand something. A, a side note, our website is kind of under construction right now, redoing it, but still plenty of information on there for you to kind of get a glimpse of who we are. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support, your prayers, and encouragement.